Hey, I'm recording. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hey, for another another edition of the Brothers Who Talk podcast, video podcast. So we appreciate you rocking with us and hanging with us. Um, we have an awesome show today. We're going to be talking about mental health and all the stereotypes around it and why you might need a therapist, even though you might feel like you don't. Um, and we're going to dig into that today. Um, so stay tuned as we come right back. Welcome to another episode of The Brothers Who Talk with Terry and A.D. This podcast is about men talking about everyday shenanigans, the stuff that makes us mad, to the topics that concern why in the world do these guys have a podcast. Let's get to it. And we're back. <laughs> well, you, were you were a 100% clown. That, that was crazy. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, all right. So What's I have up, my brother man? Matt coming through. Oh, yes, if he's going to break down some stuff, but we're going to talk about our day and stuff that's making us mad. And we want to include Matt because Matt got some stuff to share as well. All right. Yeah. So without further ado, my brother Matt, I'm, I feel like I messed his last name up and I've heard it. Here we go. Don't do it then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it then. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, let's go. How's it going, fellas? What's happening? What's happening, man? I'm glad to have you aboard. Yes, indeed. So good stuff. We always start off. I'm a I'm a I'm gonna put it in Terry's lap, you know, tell him what's going on and what's making him mad this this week. Terry, what's oh. going on in your world, brother? Well, you know, in my world, it's kind of the same thing. It's redundant for me working and taking care of family and all of that. But, you know, what's really got in my crawl, though, what's really made me mad. And this is kind of commonplace because everybody in the country is going through it. And this is this whole transition of power between, you know, uh, the projected winner, according to Fox News, and <laughs> Vice President-elect Joe Biden, according to CNN. So it just, it just depends on who you ask, right? So right. this whole transition of power thing and why uh, President Petty made poopy pants won't leave the White House or let, let him do whatever. Um, and it's upsetting me. But what, what's upsetting me the most is that these people are just some Republicans, not all, some are just under this idea that we're just going to wish the second term in the play. Like right. uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the other day in the press conference, he was asked by a reporter he said, will there be a peaceful transition of power? He looked at he looked that woman square in her face on camera and said, yeah, they'll see you again. Yes, <laughs> there's going to be a peaceful transition of power to a second term for Donald Trump. I'm like, how you? How'd you get that? <laughs> what? I don't understand. So it's, it is. And it's that it's that idea that's driving me insane. And it's keeping Joe, uh, President Biden, the protected winner, President Biden. I'm sorry. I'm going to get it together. We're going to do Fox News today. The projected <laughs> winner, Joe Biden, is keeping him from getting his team together, transitioning, getting what he needs. So on January 20th, right. when the inauguration happens, he's ready to go. But it, these people are just really off their rocker. This whole, they don't create a whole media platform where it, uh, What's the that website? The app that we're not going to discuss. Yes, indeed. Oh, that, that one. And they, they all flock into give, it. No shine. We're not giving them yeah. any shine. They all flock into it. It's, it's yes, amazing. Indeed. The idiotic, the, the people just, 
and using all, all their common sense. You know, but I realized that common sense in some folks ain't as common as we like it to be. <laughs> so you know, that's what makes me mad. Like you lost, bro. Move, move, move. So last day you pay your moving expenses. That's what so you said. So what's going on in your world, Matt? What's what's uh what's happening with you as well as what's uh kind of making you mad this this week? Yeah, so uh this week was a little different for me because you know I'm in private practice as a mental health professional. And you know, you can't predict what your clients are gonna do, you know, who's gonna come in and COVID and all this other stuff that's going on, political unrest. And so uh for me, you know, I'm warring with myself. So I, I was a little bit upset. Thinking, you know, uh, sometimes you, you you go at war with your ego, right. thinking that it's about you. Why, you know, the client right. not responding in the particular way, not knowing that they have their own stuff, going right. and not to internalize it. So I was right. I was a little bit in my feelings, if I have to be honest, because I felt like the, the the slight decline in my client's activity was a reflection of my ability to be a good therapist, and it has no bearing on that, none. <laughs> right. Absolutely right. not. Right. And so I, I I got out of it just in the blink of an eye with the influx of uh, inquiries, calls, you know, for okay. people to actually come in. Okay. As soon as I was, as soon as I started to doubt, that's that word right there. As soon as I started to doubt, yeah, right. talk about waves, waves of people started to inquire again. Nice. You know, you, sometimes you do doubt, you know, whatever right. you in, sometimes you feel like, do I still got it? Am I still relevant? Am right. I still producing okay. And it hit me. It hit me this week, and I was like, "Hey, man, was you know?" But as soon as you know, as soon as it came, the wave came right afterwards. So wow, just as fast. That's one thing I love about God, man. Yeah, just <laughs> as fast that just as fast that doubt creep in. You go right. open that door That's right it. away. It's yeah. it's amazing how he does that. Ad, yeah, what uh, got you all jizzy in your spirit this week, man? <sighs> so um, it's been kind of a, a rough week. Um, the passing of a of a of an amazing man, yeah, uh, yeah. Pastor Brian McCory's son. Um, yeah, so it was tough. Kind of, kind of a rough week with that. Um, yeah. And and realizing the cost of a funeral is 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 amazing. And because I've you know I've been through them and I've and I've had to sit down, but I've never really had the chance to count up the cost. Right. And it's. Whew, it is, it is, it is this astronomical. But what's making me mad? Usa, <laughs> brother. Usa. Is, is this is this recurring um issue with my my uh my offspring, my junior, my prince, oh. the one who's gonna inherit the throne? Hey, Jay, Prince Hakeem in the building. <laughs> it's just. Testing my nerves. Like, listen, I'm I'm a man with a lot of anyone that's ever known me know I'm a man with a lot of patience. My my temperament is like even tone. Like I can I can weather some stuff, but woo! <laughs> my son, my son, I love him, love him. This listen, I want him to know, like hearing this 10 years, 20 years from now, know that I'll always love you, son. But in this time, 2020. <laughs> You have you have pushed my nerves to the limit. So yeah, he's, he's not taking care of his business in school like he should. And you know, it's rough when it's you know, like you don't really question this hard because I got I got a daughter and a son. 
I got a daughter that's like, school, rah, rah, school, school, school. Yeah, can't be off. What? I can't go to school. What's going on? You know, then I got a son that said, what? Can't go to school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You like, you and, like Kevin Hart. And, he, and, he, and we he just got to be on the computer. And he just got kicked out of a class because he wasn't taking an assessment. I don't know. He was browsing other stuff. And we, we positioned him. So that every time we come out of the room or transition, we can see exactly what he's doing. So you would think, <laughs> wait, you gotta raise your accountability. You know, like it's right. kind of like those at work. You know, you know, someone's monitoring, monitoring, right. so you don't go on sites that will like get you fired. <laughs> you right. know, like, right. Right. <laughs> so you think, yeah, mm, no, so I don't know. He got kicked out of a virtual class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's some yeah. talent right there. That's some talent. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So okay. that, that, that's what I got coming into this broadcast of this podcast today. So yeah. And, Matt, <laughs> Matt, 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 Mateo, Matthew. There you go. Mr. Matt, yes, help, help me out here. Uh-huh. How does one get kicked out of a <laughs> virtual class? <laughs> You gotta be where is where is AJ at? I'm, I'm about to call him later. <laughs> you gonna put him on? I'm like, come. Yeah, so I'm a little yeah. AJ, AJ, AJ. Okay. All right. So We're praying for you, son. Yes, indeed. You can, please, pray. You can please pray for me. Pray for strength. Pray for patience. You know I wish she would leave me alone. You know, gotta lay some hands. So, yeah. all right. So. Hit it with a, all you gotta do is hit him with a stove cold stunner. <laughs> Oh, RKO. He'll get he'll get back right. He'll get back right. right. Oh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's what my week is, you know, the ups and downs of life, you know. AJ, AJ. I am just oh, but I'm I'm excited to have my brother on, uh Matt. Uh we had him on, had him and his lovely wife on at the beginning of the week, um, with Purposeful Forever. Um, and I knew that he digs into the mental health space, and it's been you know, we kind of seem like 2020, we're really tackling that mental health phase and black men and mental health and kind of the challenges that we're dealing with. And historically, unfortunately, we have, we don't we don't encourage therapy. We just kind of encourage, pray it out, get over it and move forward, you know, right. deal with it, you know. And, and for the most part, as, as men, black men, we kind of take the issues and push them to the side, push them down. And not deal with it. But unfortunately, what happens, you know, as an individual, you kind of figure a way to get through it. But when you get into a relationship, (laughs) yeah, that's gotta be different. Your significant other kind of brings out all that pain, you know, because we're dealing with each other. Like, why are you not doing this? Why you can't do this? Why you not being a part of it? You know, and you have all these hangups that you're not, you've never addressed. But the thing is, um, and I'm I'm gonna let Matt kind of dig into it. What I realized. Is you don't because someone because I'm in this married group and they talk about why men, why men, why they don't. But I realize you don't know these are issues until you're with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. And they said, you know, that's that's not healthy that you like to do, and that's not healthy that you're never, you know, talk to anybody, you know. Like, but you've gotten accustomed to it. You just and you got people around you that kind of encourage. Long as you're working. Long as you're making money, you know, because I think about stars, you know, long as you're you're performing, you're fine. When in fact you're so damaged that, you know, 
no one wants to rock that boat because they know if you start getting help, you know, you might not be as creative. <laughs> so I, I think about things like that, whereas, you know, you, like you said, you never know. Um, did he freeze? No, I mean, <laughs> he did pause. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, his pause game is epic. You see? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So talk to us about. So my, my first my first question, how how do we deal with something? Um, before we really recognize it in a sense, does that make sense? Like how to come, cause you don't know, like, you don't, like I said, you don't realize what issues you have until you get into a relationship and right. you have someone else that's with you all the time saying, right. listen, you got some anger issues. You got this yeah. issue or you're dealing with this. Um, yeah. how do you, how do you, how can you do an assessment of yeah. where you are in the mental health? Yeah. Well, first of all, man, I, I appreciate this platform, man. I think this is such a powerful means to connect people with the right resources. And just to have this conversation, man, it's gonna change somebody's life. Somebody's gonna be hearing this and they're gonna be like, yeah, this was for me. You know, this was exactly for me. Um, so let me start by saying that speaking about mental health isn't an easy thing for the black community in general. Men more so, uh, but the black community in general uh, we, we have had issues in the past with medical professionals and mental health, the mental health field is a medical field. Right. Uh, it's just a little different because it's talk therapy, it's psychotherapy. And, and, and so it's a little different, but we still are categorized as medical professionals, you know? Right. And so because the black community has, have had issues with the past with medical professionals, it puts us in that category to where there's a trust mistrust relationship that we have had for a very long time. Right. So we 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 aren't necessarily going to trust individuals that come with a white coat or with a, a, a tone of authority in our lives because they have mismanaged our trust for a very long time. Right. If you look back in history, I think I mentioned this on the show. Uh, there were a lot of uh, disenfranchised community that have been impacted by medical professionals. You know, right. we talk about the Tuskegee experiment, you know, cholera in Haiti, the AIDS epidemic in Africa, all these different things, right. we were paying attention, you know, mm -hmm. and I even go, I even went back as far as slavery, when right. a, a slave would ran, run away, they would label that slave, uh, give that slave a diagnosis saying that that slave was outside of their mind, right. to mm -hmm. that they could have a better life outside the plantation. So you're diagnosed as a crazy individual to leave that state. Right. You know, where they right. came from. I can't I remember where they came from. Was that? I didn't know that. You know what? I heard that phrase. Yeah. Are you, are you outside of your mind? Right. Okay. Right. Know right. So okay. it, start, it starts there with the, you know, the trust-mistrust relationship, meaning uh, we don't know if the medical professionals have our best interests in mind. So we're going to be like, I don't know. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go when I'm, when I'm, when I'm good and ready to. Right. Right. Some right. will say I'll never go at all. And so for right. the blackmail, uh, you have that aspect as well. And then you have the social engineering that has happened over the years living in a Western civilization that has allowed us to feel more individualistic instead of communal. Right. What that means is that we can do it on our own. I got this, you know, and then as a man in general, you know, you have to man up. You can't necessarily expose your emotions too much or you your man card will be tested. And, you you know, yeah. so all those things have stacked up against why we aren't necessarily a fan of addressing our mental health 
issues in our communities. So by the time we get to be, you know being engaged or being married, right. married, and all the issues start to come to the surface, right. you're like, what? Something's wrong with me? You know? <laughs> yeah. You're not aware. You're not aware because has actually, you know, you haven't had the opportunity to address these things in real time. And right. a lot of these behaviors, a lot of these mental issues, have been normalized in our community. Right. You know? To where we would pray them away, we would you know smoke them away, we would drink them away, we would party them away, we would right. use our own uh, ways of medicating ourselves to get right. to a, a different space. But as we know, you know, uh, it doesn't always work like that when you're in a relationship. You know, right. it does not. One of the primary things I believe that separate us from having these conversations in our relationship is the fact that men, black men, you know, let's talk about us. Uh, yeah we don't understand the safety that's required to be emotional and vulnerable for ourselves even right you know mm-hmm. we don't fully understand what is necessary to get into that space right. and so when it's required of us in a relationship we're like you know like i i bear i don't even do that for myself i don't even think about my feelings or i don't even yeah. think about what's going on with me right. and now i'm required to not just think about me but to consider your feelings your mental your emotional and all this that's right. a tall ask you know, right. Yeah. Right. so by the time I get the men and the women in here, I have to go backwards and do a lot of, you know, uh, fixing of understanding, re-education, basically, right. re-education about communication, about trust, mistrust with the mental health professional, about normalizing mental health issues, about even letting people understand what mental health even is, you know. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot of education that 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 comes up. I'm sorry, guys. Let me get back on here. I had a my screen just did something real quick. Um, but there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of issues that come up that I have to really go back in and and, and really clear the air first before we can start doing the heavy lifting in right. the couple sessions. Wow, man, wow. That's, that's deep. And but I've always said for years that um, we as men, I know, I think. Without being diagnosed formally, I think I, I really went through some PSD issues back in the day because of post-traumatic yeah. stress, um, mm-hmm. the the traumatic experience of not being when I was when I first found out that my dad wasn't my dad mm. at seventeen. Wow, you know that put me into post-traumatic stress, and I lived with that for years. Just like Matt said, is that uh, it, people question your manhood? You know, suck that up. You know, right, right. Be, be more of a man and 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 right. not show this, not show that. But it took me years to realize that it was PSD. It wasn't kind of that level, right? Because at sixteen, my mother crushed my whole life. Wow. When she told me that the man that raised me for sixteen years right. wasn't my father. Yeah. And I went through, and and that and that's a trickle down effect. It's like planting a seed and roots were spread because everything started being affected. It was I was mad at women. Right. I hated wow. my mother. Wow. I had I had so much stuff that was going on. And I just didn't want to deal with it. It was easier for me to go into a shell and say, I'm not dealing with that mental health stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm good. Right. I just got to get over the fact that my mom lied to me right. for 16 years. Yeah. And that's I think that's how most black men handle things. It's like yeah. It's all right. I'm good. What right. happened happened. That's it. You know, man up. Keep going, man. You got this, man. You know, and we and we propose all these, you know, uh, minor antidotes. You know, when you're when you're like 
bleeding, you know, like you're right. bleeding and somebody trying to tell you, put a bandaid on it, man. You're good. Keep going. Right. And bro, I, I've been in, in that boat before to where I didn't realize I'm, I'm talking about, I'm a college student at this time at Florida mm -hmm. University. And I don't really, right? What's that? <laughs> Y'all the Aggies, right? <laughs> no, the Rattlers. You guys are the Rattlers. I'm sorry. Let's get right? it right, man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Y'all band is the best, I promise. Okay, okay. See, I was a part of that band, too. I was yes. in 100. Oh, nice. 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 <laughs> but, but I was up there in school dealing okay. with anxiety and depression, and I didn't even know it. Right. I didn't right. even know it. It manifests more so as anger. You know, mm. that's the emotion that we normally see uh, right. being exposed in black men, anger, right. because that's the one that's usually accepted in our right. community. You can be angry, man, but you can't be sad. You can't be depressed. You can't be yeah. angry. You know, yeah. with bone crusher, I ain't never scared. I mean, when that song came up, I ain't never scared. Now you can never be anxious after that song. <laughs> you can never be, no. Now, you right. can never be scared. Why? Because right. you're a black man in America. You can't be scared, you know? Right. Because if you are, then, you know, then your man card is pulled and stuff like that. So with all of this miseducation, you know, I right. didn't get the therapy until I was 26. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't get my first yeah. sit down in front of a, a, another black male, which was good for me because that's what right. I needed until I was 26. And then in my first session, I lied the entire session. You know? Wow. I lied, man. Wow. I'm like, man, I don't know this dude, man. He's from Miami, man. I don't know you, man. You know what I'm saying? So I lied. <laughs> I lied the entire session because I still didn't trust. I didn't know how to trust. Right. Open right. up. Right. And he gave me that space. I'm so grateful for Dr. Johnson. That's his name. I'm so grateful for him because he gave me that space. He knew I was BSing. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was a black people each other out, but he gave me that space. He allowed me to just have that first session, BS it, not take it serious at all. Right. You know, right. when I came back subsequently, he's like, look, man. I need you to be truthful. That's the only way this is going to work. You know, he right. created that space for me to open up when I was ready. He didn't pressure me. He didn't push me when I was ready, you know? Wow. And so that helped me address a lot of my anger, which right. was just masking my anxiety, my depression, you know? I went um, and it's so funny that you talk about school when I was going to South Carolina State. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I realized, like, I used to write a journal. Like, I used to write down how my feelings and stuff. Right. And I read my journal like five, ten years later. Wow. And I was like, man, this this kid was depressed. <laughs> like, yeah. I was. Yeah, it's like it was sad. Like, I was yeah. really, really depressed. You know, I guess moving away and just being lonely. It just was a struggle. And right. and yeah. so quickly, I dropped out of school because I was like, yeah, this is this is not working. I'm not focused. I'm just. Like I found, you know, what's funny. I found my solace when I went to the radio station. Wow. Like I was, yeah. I started working and helping down there, but they didn't major in it. You know, right. as a minor, I was like, I can't be here all the time. Cause if there was a major, y'all would have killed it. <laughs> so to me, music was that music was that music was my escape. So when I wasn't in the, you know, practicing with the band or marching, Right. I was in the music lab producing music, you know, uh, and right. I failed all my classes because that's where I stayed, you know. Yeah, I eventually got kicked yeah. out of school because you know my mind wasn't there. My comfort right. zone was music, man. right? And that's where I thrive. Right, know? right. Oh, go ahead, Terry. I have a dumb analogy, but I want to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm good for those. Uh, on here, Matt. Uh, anybody listeners know I'm I'm good for those. But are we familiar with the movie Venom? Yes. Yes. Okay. So 
as you guys were talking, I was thinking in my head, my, my eyes kind of got shifted. If you, if you watch my eyes a little bit, I got shifted. I was thinking. <laughs> you remember in the beginning of the movie when the symbiote got free? Uh-huh. And uh, and and the it, they were transferring the symbiote from one person to another just by touching them. Right. And everybody's eyes started black. Right. And then right, they were right. traumatized by the symbiote. Right. My analogy is this the symbiote is that PTSD I was talking about earlier. Right. That bad stuff that we went through earlier. And if we don't, as as men, if we don't get that fixed, guess what? It, we're talking about relationships and marriages and, and all that. We're okay. touching the next person and we're transferring wow. this symbiote yeah. from one to the next. And that's, that's, a, like, good hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I thought about that all by myself too. That's what we. That's what we're doing, and we're just transferring this thing. And some at some point, the cycle has to stop. And this is what we. This is where you incorporate a person like Matt. Nice. Who is going to be able to say, "Okay, brother, I'm gonna call you on your stuff." This is where we at. Right. Yeah. This is ABC. Do we? Where do we go from here? You know, wow. so, I didn't have that person. It just, it took me some years to get it on my own. Nice. But when you have when you have people who are are uh, have the letters behind their name and they and they are they went to school for this, they want to help. Right. That's what the folks you reach out to, and it, and it shouldn't. You can cut 15 years of nonsense down. To right. a year and a half, if yeah. you just incorporate somebody else in the, into yeah. the equation. Yeah. A couple of things, man. What you just said was perfectly aligned with what I've studied and what I've seen. Uh, trauma is transgenerational. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever happens in the previous generation, we're going to be the recipients of that. You know, we mm-hmm. are going to be the recipients of that to the point to where there is something that's called post-traumatic slave syndrome. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the impacts of slavery are still being had in our communities right now. Yeah. That's how bad it was. That's how traumatic it was. But let's not even let's not even go there because that's one aspect. People be like, "Oh, that was you know years ago." Let's talk about yeah. our generation in our household. You know, the household yeah. we grew up in. There was a study that was conducted in 1995, 1994-95 by the CDC called the Adverse Childhood Experience Study. Right. Mm. Okay. This study done by the CDC, Center for Disease Control, back in 1994-1995 studied over 17,000 individuals. That's a great sample size for any nerd out there. You know, the glass is like, oh man, the number. Right. That's a great <laughs> sample size, seriously, because you can tell a lot of correlational factors when you have a great sample size. Right, what right. they did was they gave all those individuals a full health checkup to see where they were. These individuals were in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Right. They checked to see where they were physically, blood, bone, heart, you know, everything. They checked everything. And once they found the results of their negative health uh, statuses, where they were, then they correlated that negative health status to their childhood traumatic experiences. Wow. And what they found out was that the more traumatic experiences you have as a child, the higher the likelihood of those negative health outcomes when you become an adult. Wow. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. I'm like, so you're trying to tell me that they've known about, and of course they've 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 probably known about this way sooner. So you're trying to tell me they they know that traumatic experiences in childhood right. will lead you directly towards a shorter lifespan. Wow. And this isn't information that the entire black community knows. Mm-hmm. We're not knocking on doors, making sure that my brother, my sister, my auntie, my uncle know this information. We do. This is right. something that we're screening for on a daily basis. When right. we see a young black man and we label them ADHD, right. ODD, mm-hmm. all these different things, we're not accounting for the childhood trauma that they're experiencing. Right, right, you know? right. You can't wow. tell a kid, I grew up in the city of Opelika in Miami, which is like, you know, 
that's the hood, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't expect me to, you know, have a shootout the evening, right? In the evening, right. and the next morning, go take a spelling test at the school. Right. right. Go right. do a math quiz, you know? Right, right. Yeah, true. Still, you know, don't punch true. this kid in the face, you know? Right. No, right. all the traumatic experiences that are occurring in my community and my environment right. is going to impact me when I'm outside of that environment. Wow. You know, so what you said earlier about post-traumatic stress, that's exactly what it is. A lot of people who grew up in urban environments, they have PTSD. And I can tell you exactly what that looks like. Right. I still have homeboys when they go in the restaurants as adults, they're still serving. They're still looking. Oh, let me check where the exit's at. You know, yeah. oh, that guy looks sketchy over there. I don't trust that dude right yeah. there. Why you, got that coat on? Why you got that coat on, brother? Right. Yeah. Right. We can't trust. We can't right. trust. We feel like mm -hmm. our safety is always compromised. Yes. And we're yes. always looking for it. And if you right. look for it, you're gonna find it. Right. You're living yeah. in a state of perpetual anxiety because yes. you can't trust your environment to be a safe space for you. So right. what you do is you do everything that you can to live in a space to where you always ready to fight or flight. Right. That's I was gonna, I was gonna say that. Yes, my wife loved that term. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, I could do a whole presentation on that one right there. Fight yeah. or flight, because there's way more to it. But, you know, I was trying to address your point of yeah. talking about post-traumatic stress. We're talking about when you go through, through a traumatic experience as a child, zero to 18, right. there's a surge of adrenaline that's coursed into your body, adrenaline and cortisol, right? What mm -hmm. that does for a child over a period of time, it slows down their brain development. The first thing it impacts is your capacity to learn. Run that back. Okay, right. In the back. There you go. I got you. I got you. I'm gonna double back on that one because these these are things that when I found out, it changed my view of myself. I actually thought I was a stupid kid. I thought I was ignorant. I thought I was incompetent. Right. But when I realized that every time I experienced a traumatic, uh, uh, a traumatic event in my life, surges of adrenaline and cortisol is pumped into my system. After a while, because I'm not utilizing it to run, to fight, to, 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 to do something with it, it right. stays in my system. And if it stays in your system, the first thing it impacts as a child is your brain development. And right. if your brain isn't developing at a regular pace, then it's going to slow down your capacity to learn. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying is that a lot of the kids that are in urban settings, when you see their grades are low, these kids aren't dumb. These kids aren't stupid. It's the fact that they're traumatized. You're not going to get the best out of them because their minds are in trauma mode. The same uh -huh. environment that we want to have for a veteran when they come home, right. medication, you know, doctors. This is what we need to do for our communities because our communities are heavily traumatized, not just inside the household, but a lot of things that occurred in our environment are traumatizing. We've normalized them because, you know, that's our experience. So I was like, yeah, man. Dude got shot the other day. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, right. Right. So we've normalized these things, but these things aren't normal. They mess up your insides to where if enough of them occur to you uh, in your life, then it will have a negative health outcome when you become an adult. High blood pressure. You already know that's one of the pillars of the black community. Cholesterol, bone marrow disease, you know, cardiovascular disease, you know, yeah, substance right. use, you know. All these different things could be a result of having traumatic experience in your childhood. And we're not addressing these things. We're just labeling ourselves and allowing others to look at us as insignificant based on our traumatic experiences. But that's not the full story. The full story is that we're sick and we need healing right. to get to a space of clarity so that we can address each other in healthy ways. 
Um, okay, so you went somewhere that I'm, I'm going to ask you something. Sure. This is going to be very slightly controversial. <laughs> we'll do it. Listen to what you're saying. So the so when when traumatic things happen or things that are heightened your fear or your emotions, um, right. they affect your learning. Right. So when it comes to your children and disciplining, you know, um, right. can that have a long term effect if it's uh-huh. if it's done? Yeah. I guess in a in a in a traumatic way, like you know, where there's a constant fear. I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, my wife and I—I I, I told you guys on uh, uh, previous, you know, uh, interview you guys did that we're writing a book called Identity Focused right. Parenting, right? right? In that book, we're going to use the Jackson Five as a case study. You know, right. their lives—you know—it's not—it's not—it's no secret to what they dealt with when they were in their youth from George right. Jackson. Right. There's no secret. So I'm not. Only reason I chose them was because you know that's a popular family that people yeah. really know about. Because they know, they, everybody right. knows what happened. And right, they live their lives out loud. So, and I don't like to get in people's lives like that, you know, crochet right. anything like that. So, but we've seen how yeah. their their childhood has impacted their adulthood. Right, a lot of the dysfunction that happened in their youth produced a lot of talent, but it also produced a lot of dysfunction as right. adults yeah. as well. Right. And so, yeah. to go backwards to address what you said. There are methods of parenting and discipline that right. you can use that doesn't have to traumatize the kid. Right. You know? Physical physical discipline is a direct correlation from slavery. Right. It's a direct correlation from slavery. We didn't used to do that, you know, when we were in a different setting. We only adopted that means of discipline because that's what we received for ourselves. Right. And so now we're going to enact that same type of discipline to our kids, which is going to traumatize them. Because that's the same thing, you know. You're coming at them with with anger, with aggression, with violence. That's traumatizing, you know. Like I said, we've normalized it. I got beat with the extension cord a couple times. Oh you know? yeah, I got a with few. the broom, with the right. pot, with the sandals. You name right. it. You know what I'm saying? Right. That that that's not normal, you know. And, and so what it does to a kid, it puts them in a hyper alert state, so that you can see a kid who's been traumatized. When you turn around at a kid, and the kid's like, huh, you know. Uh, like yeah. they're already thinking about to get the hand. They're like, oh, yeah. right. That's yeah. trauma. A kid not supposed to be living like that. They're supposed right. to believe that their environment is safe. So that the suggestion of what you can do is parent and discipline through their identity, right? Mm-hmm. Not a physical type of discipline, but through their identity. If they understand who they are, then they will act according to that identity. Right. Versus punishing by physical means because that's taking them outside of who we are. You know, Say that one more time. You said. So if you can discipline based on their identity, right, right. you're allowing them to go back to who they are. So when you see a, a, a behavior that's not according to your identity, right, then right, you can realign them back to that identity by challenging their understanding of who they are, right? Mm-hmm. You forgot who you are. Do you know who you are? Do you know right. who you are? Do you know who I am? Right. Do you understand what I represent? Have you seen that behavior in me or your mother? Right? right. Let's get back realigned to who you are. Do you know who your grandfather is? Right. Do you know who your great-grandfather is? Let's get in line with that reality versus okay. trying to punish them. And when you do that, you're pushing them further away from the alignment with you. Nobody's going to be aligned with the person who's punishing them. Right. You want to get away from that. Right. But more likely than not, because that's been normalizing my life, I'm going to recreate it when I become an adult, too. Wow. 
Wow. All right. That was that was the nugget drop today. <laughs> that boy brought a, he he brought a whole box of mics and just dropped them. Oh, so I want to hold you too much longer, but I appreciate you. Listen, uh, as you- I got a little bit, I got a little bit more time, and my session ain't gonna come until twelve. I don't know if you guys gotta go, but no, I- no, no, oh no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I always get to the wrap up about twenty minutes in, so we can keep, keep going on pace. Oh, um, yeah, but make sure you follow this gentleman at Beach Stone counseling at beach stone counseling um and it's matt genius yes matt genius all right and, matt. And I told you about that before my last name is actually gene transitioning yes. to genius because yes. i'm trying to Oh, I'm birth my own legacy right there, man. Yes, there you go. I'm just gonna get ready to say, man. That's a pretty cool <laughs> last name, brother. Yeah, yeah. And, and for all those listening, it's Matt Genius J E A N I U S J E A N I U S. So make sure you follow this gentleman. He is an amazing counselor. He has already dropped you some nuggets. He is legit. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, run it back. Yeah, and it, and it's funny because I've I started going to therapy because I was trying to fix my marriage. Like, I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, what's what am I out of line with? And and I've been to probably like three different ones, you know, over time moving and things of that nature. And it's and it's so funny, though, everybody's a little different. Yeah. Because what I realized with therapy is still based on the personality in the sense, like they're giving you professional help, but it's still based on, you know, how what they see in you or how to fix your situation. So. I say that. So, how do you find, how do you find a therapist that fits into that will be able to get you where you need to go in a right. in a sense of a mental health space? Right. You got to shop around. You really oh. have to shop around. And what I mean by that is that don't take your first, second, third impression as the final impression. There are thousands of great therapists out there. You just have to do the work. Right. You, know, you have to find that one that works for you. Right. All therapists are created equal, you know. The what the work I do in my office isn't the work, you know, a person that graduated with me studied the same thing I studied mm-hmm. will do in their office. You know, right. I know what I bring to the table. I bring, of course, all of my education, but I also bring my lived experience. You right. Know? Right. I, I bring, you know, a lot of things that I, I, I specific to our community because I know us, you know. Right. And so right. what I do. Is this? It's not just my therapy. It's the environment I set up. My office is so specific to a safe environment that it's a safe environment for me. You know, okay. right? Okay. You know? I have to address a lot of you know issues day after day, and I have to be okay in this space. And so I design right. this space for, of course, for my clients to feel comfortable in here. But I also right. want to make sure that I can have uh, sustainability in here as well. You know, yeah. so everything that I do in my practice is intentional. I say I'm a black male therapist. That's what I, you know, that's what I advertise as. Black right. male therapists also uh, deal with sports and entertainment, so I deal with a lot of athletes and entertainers as well. You know, nice. so I created a space to welcome them in. When they come in, they feel like they're at home. Wow. My my uh, my waiting area looks like a living room. Right. You know? yeah. like a, I kid you not, it looks like a living room, and it's very comfortable. The colors are very vibrant. With the right. name Beachstone Counseling, it's a beach themed office. Nice. When you see the colors, the aroma, you come in, it smells nice. And I take pride in that yeah. because everything is therapeutic. Right, right. Yeah. It's from you know, the beginning. You got to have it set up. So when they walk in, they feel like they're in a different space, you know? Right, right. And then right. What, I love, what I really, really love, guys, what I really love 
is that when they walk in and they see me, yeah. they're like, where's the therapist? They're like, where's the therapist at? You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm right here, bro. <laughs> and what that does to them, it, that's a shock value. Because I'm like, look, like, I'm, you know, you see me right now. Yes. Yeah. That's how I am for the most part. You know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm just like this. The, the glasses okay. is only because I'm on the screen. Right. And, and I wear this to protect my eyes because I, I've been doing more online sessions. So I got ah, okay. this is it. This is what they get. Right. Yeah. So when yeah. they walk in and they have that shock factor that allows me to come in. Right. And let them know, Hey, listen, man, I'm just like you, bro. Right. You, know? you yeah. sizing me. I'm sizing you, too, man. You know, yeah. you see me. I see you, too. You can talk. Right. About me, I can talk about my hood, too. You know, right. so let's let's put all that's of that cool. behind us. And let's right. let's work. You know, let's work. I'm not here to judge you. Right. I'm not here to make you feel, you know, less than. I'm not here to, you know, to, to hold my degrees over your head, you know, right. none of that stuff. So when they come in, we're equal. I'm learning from you. You're learning from me. We're going to share on this journey together. And what I guarantee my clients is that I will always work hard for them. But don't let me do all the heavy lifting. Because once that happens, I'm I'm going to send you somewhere else, you know. Gotcha. You know, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind telling a client, look, this is not working out because... I feel like I'm working harder than you. Right. So right. When you're ready to work, we can work. But right. don't let me do all that. I, it's not about the money for me. I want to make sure that people are coming and getting help. Right. You know? yeah. So don't come in my office and not be ready to work because I'll send you away. Right. You know? yeah. Well, y'all so, heard it. His office smelled good and he black. Pull it together. You come in and get ready, get ready to work, get ready to come. Yeah. But Matt, man, I'm glad you came through. Yes, thank indeed. you for coming through. We really appreciate you. Like I said, I've seen you twice this week. I saw you on Monday, and I see you on Thursday. What a blessing that is! Yes, it is. Such a such a good looking man, no homo. Right, with the with the dimples <laughs> in the whole nine yards. I said it this morning on on the puzzle legacy. I was like, no homo. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> oh yeah. man! All right, so um, we got well, we got one. We got a book out. You have a book already. What's yeah, I, uh, I've written two children's books already. Okay. Right? And the next book is going to deal with more uh, parenting. And okay. we have some subsequent books coming. The first book I wrote was for, you know, school. I have school age kids. I, I don't okay. know, uh, 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 Terry, you knew, but I got, I have triplets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I you know, I, I think I came in or I left right when you guys were talking yeah, about that. Yeah. I was yeah, like, so how I many kids you got? I got a full pack, man. I got a full yeah. pack. Triplets and a big sister, all girls. Yes. Right? All girls. Good times. Good times. <laughs> there you go, man. Hey, hey, I need all of it. Send all of it my way, man. I need well, all of man. it. So uh, the first book I wrote was specifically for uh, kids about going to school. I, I wrote a school. I wrote a book called Go to School Every Day. And in that book, it addresses the, you know, the need for kids to be in school because that's where they have the best opportunity to change right. the, tra- the trajectory of their future, right? So the book is called Go to School Every Day. It's about a black boy who, who, who wanted to have perfect attendance. And he had some issues throughout the school year, but eventually, you know, came to a solution on how he got that accomplished. So that was that book. You know, and all my books are black. Everybody's black in that book. Nice. You know Good. And, and the second book, I think, is, is my favorite thus far. It's called When the Tablets Ran Away. And both of them could be found on Amazon. When the right. tablets ran away speaks to our kids' addiction to these things right here, you know, to Ooh, these devices, Yeah, man. Right? Yeah. And so in that book, we talk about the, the parents and the teachers plotting against the kids to make sure that they can get rid of these, right? Uh, so oh, the yeah. parents and the teachers had a PTA meeting 
and they had this thing where they stole the kids' electronics, right? And oh, wow. The kids, and the kids lost it. The kids were like all over the place. They were in distress, you know, but the parents and the teachers had a plan. They worked through the issue and they got the kids stable to where the kids can start playing and, you know, being right. more social and emotional. So that's a, a second book I wrote as well. Nice. Great book, man. Both can be found Love on Amazon. It. Please check them out. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. So we appreciate you, Matt, rolling in and, and dropping some nuggets and, and being a blessing. We definitely, you know, like I tell a lot of my great guests, we definitely have you back on, um, especially the PTSD after this election. Distress yeah, sure. yeah. on both sides. And honestly, I, and I'll say on both sides, because both right. sides are, are kind of stressing out um, and, and how we can definitely get that help. Um, that mental health space is important. So my question, right? So how do we normalize therapy? You know, how do we begin to normalize therapy? Being young, how do you normalize therapy? Man, that's a great question, man. And I like, so So now that you got this set up, this setup actually helps me out explaining that in a couple of minutes, right? The setup okay. that we have yes. with the three of us, yes. you know, side by side like that. Terry, you're going you're gonna to be our, our thinking, right? So okay. wave your hand, you're going to be our thinking, right? Okay. You're going to represent our thinking. So wave your hand at the camera, you are thinking. Right, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah, there you go. Terry, you're thinking, uh, AD, you're gonna be our behaviors, right? There you go, and I, I'll be our feelings, right? Okay, and together we make up mental health. Okay. Terry's the thinking, I'm the feeling, you are the behavior, AD, right? Right, so AD, I need you to start boxing at the camera real quick, okay. just you know, throw some blows, right? Okay. For the most part, that's what we focus on. We focus right. on behavior, behavior, right? There's only one third of our mental health. But right. we focus on what we can see and ignore the other two. Wow. That's why a lot of our black men, our black boys, are diagnosed so heavily because we only focus on the behavior, right. not addressing the thinking, Terry, and the right. emotion. Right. Right. So what I like to do is when I present this, you know, this specific presentation, what all three of us would do, we'll link arms, right? We'll link arms right. and we'll stand up in front of the audience. And so if we were all linked by arms and I took a knee, what would happen to you two? Right. What would happen? It's dragged down. Yeah. Get, get dragged yeah. Down. So if yeah. the feelings are impacted, right. this was going to happen to the thinking. It gets dragged down. And what's going to happen to the behavior? Right. It gets right. Same thing. Same thing. So okay. it doesn't matter where the impact is, all three are interconnected. So right. the way to help people understand that it's a full body disease when you talk about mental health. It's not just yeah. in here, it impacts not just your feeling and your thinking, it impacts right. your behaviors. Right. You know? And so once you see, once you can see that the behaviors aren't in isolation, right. what AD was doing was because something was going on with the feelings. Right. Because it was I'm, going on with I'm the react. thinking. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You only see that, but you don't account for what's going on in here and what's right. going on in here. You right. gotta see all three. And if you understand all three is connected, then you can start seeing the value in investing in your mental health. Your mental health isn't just about what's in here, it's about right. your whole entire being, you know, your mm -hmm. mind, your emotions, and your heart. So understanding that, then you see the value in it. I can't ignore my thinking because it's gonna impact my behaviors. I can't ignore my behaviors because it's gonna impact my emotions. Right. I can't impact, I can't ignore my emotions because it's gonna impact all three, you know? Right. And, okay, and that's good. So, so, okay, so advancing it forward, right? So, you know, most of the time with therapy, you end up with one-on-one, -on -one, meaning one-on-one. Right. -on -one. right. Um, right. 
So is it possible to have like a group session to introduce uh, to people, get people in the mind, mindset? Because like I like that example, get people in the mindset right. that therapy's here, so you're not broken. You know, like so you don't. It, I let me show you how to make sure your your life going forward into adulthood right. is is the the best space possible mentally. Of course, that's called psychoeducational, right? Psychoeducation okay. is basically okay. psychological education, right? right? And so that's just a presentation. That's just a workshop. Yeah, I have plenty of those. I have a bunch of those at the ready. So you name a topic, I probably got it already covered. That I can come in and talk about, uh, you know, for a group of men, for a group of teenage boys, for a group of young women, you name it. I'm, I'm a, I, you know, I got it. I got it in the pocket already. You know, okay. and these presentations are important. Because that's what that's how the normalization of these conversations are had. Right. One of my favorite presentations that I like to do is, is a uh, is an impromptu skit. Okay. It's an impromptu skit that gets people out of their seats and get them involved so right. that they can see how they are impacted. Right. By it, you know. So once they've already right. acted out, once I give them all the instructions and they act it out, then they're right. like, man, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't see it that way before. Right, right. right. I, I, you right. know, I see how that—that's me. You know, that's actually me in that scenario. So I can see right. it in a different way how everybody's impacted and how all of us have our different perspectives based on our thinking, right, right. Terry, our feeling, right. our behaviors. Right? right. All of that changes our vantage point. You have back pain, you're gonna right. see the world in a different way, right? Right. You're grieving. Right. It could be a beautiful day outside, but the day is ugly for you. Right. You got a headache, you got a headache, you're not in the mood to converse, you don't want to be emotional, you know what I'm saying? All right. of it is connected. And the more right. we see that, the more we can address it holistically. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So Matthew is available for all our yes. appearances. Uh quesanetas. That's Bar it. Let them know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let them know, man. Call him, hit him up. Hit him up, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. I do bar mitzvahs too. Come on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely gonna stay in contact. Oh, yeah, because we, we want to. I want to build something around that. Like yeah. this, this That's therapy. Maybe I'll make a shirt. Therapy is normal. Yeah. Therapy yeah. is normal. Yeah. Man, there are a lot of. Uh, I told you I have the business called Sober Words, which I'm rebranding right now. Yeah. But Words is a company that fights stigma associated with substance abuse and mental health. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you saw the hoodie. That was the match yes. hoodie you saw. Yes. Yeah. 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 I need one of those. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to get right. out of here. So we appreciate you rocking with us. Thank you, uh, Matt, for hanging with us. Uh, yeah, thank man. you, everybody, for listening and watching. Sure. Um, this has been informative. Um, this is just the beginning of, of a new space that we're stepping into. Um, so yeah. we appreciate you. So make sure you share, you know, like I said, rate us on Apple Podcasts, you know, give us a good a good rating, give us some good comments, you know, it helps us out. Yeah. And it's a blessing to us. It encourages, encourages us to do more. All right. Yeah. So as always, um, keep pushing, keep growing. We'll see you guys next week with another edition of the Brothers Who Talk. Peace out. Mm-hmm. And this is when the outro will play. Thank you for watching and listening to the Brothers Who Talk. Brothers Who Talk. With Terry and AD. 
Check us out again next week, where we bring you a steaming helping of common sense, laughs, and advice. We can be found on any podcasting platform, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We're also on MileHighRadio.com, Saturdays at 12 Eastern. See you there.